And hello good people of the internet, it is I, Tommy Kelly, and this is Adventures in Woo Woo. And in this episode, we're going to do another one of those question and answer sessions. You know, the ones where I talk a lot of rubbish when people ask me questions. You know what I mean? So hello and welcome to another question and answer video. It's been a long while since I did one of these. Um, mostly because uh, who am I to answer anyone's questions? And I know there's kind of this preamble I normally give, which is uh, please don't take anything I say as any kind of inspired thing. And I kind of didn't get the uh, sense during the week when I was thinking about this is that perhaps none of you are thinking that. No, no, well, Tommy, no one actually thinks you know all the answers. So, you know, don't flatter yourself thinking that we might think you know all the answers. But it's mostly just... Um, just that I, I, I don't want to come across as, I suppose, as, as saying that I, I know what I'm on about. All of this is just purely opinion. There's none of it capital T truth. It's all small T, Tommy truth. So we'll get straight into this. But first, there's a lovely smell in the air as I got a new uh, incense burner, which I'm really happy with. I just wanted to quickly mention it because I put it up on Facebook and Twitter and a few other places and people really liked it. And it's, so it's a resin incense burner, but it's, you don't use charcoal, you just use a candle. And it has this kind of a mesh on it and so the incense just or the resin just burns as it would normally in smoke's way and if it is quite liquidy if it melts really well like the way say dragon's blood might or some some of the frankincense depending on what grade you get then it comes with this plate that you can put on it and burn on it as well so it's i got it on amazon there's a couple of different versions of it i'm not going to do the link in the description thing uh, the affiliate link maybe i should <laughs> if there's a link in the description it's an affiliate link if there's no link in the description then uh, just go and uh, check on Amazon and see what you can find. They're called incense, resin, burner, candles, some sort of keyword thing, you'll find it. So, getting straight into this. Sarah Lee asks, is it possible that the 40 servants will refuse to work with some people? Um, is it possible for someone who's had great success to reach out to the servants on behalf of those who are not having much luck? So, the first question, is it possible that the servants will refuse to work with some people. I the, uh, yes is the answer, but the wording of the question, I'm not quite, um, I wouldn't agree with the wording of the question. Like, I, the 47s will not work for some people, but I don't think the refuse uh, is, is the thing that I would uh, question in that I don't think that's how it works. Magic doesn't work for everyone. It doesn't work for me all the time. It doesn't work for anyone I know all the time, apart from people who, <sighs> let's call them liars. <laughs> um, but uh, there's a whole lot of reasons why magic doesn't work. And most of it's to do with yourself and to do with your own shadow stuff and you know uh, or picking a target that's too hard or out of your reach it's like going learning to run and then going well um, i'm going to run a marathon on my first day and if i can't run the marathon then obviously running <laughs> is doesn't exist in the way you know i get into magic and then most people try to win the lottery and then when they don't win the lottery it's just you know dismiss magic as uh, out of hand because like don't start with the lottery don't start with a marathon um, so you could be hitting a target that's far too high for you ever or far too high um, currently. You know, they might be just out of your reach and you'd be as well kind of approach smaller things. Like don't try to become instantly a millionaire or, you know, financial freedom if you're, you know, massively in debt or, you're, you know, your finances are all over the place. Work on it slowly, step by step, stage by stage, and you'll get there. It can also refuse because you have a lack of an ability to allow these things, good things. You could have a thing where you don't, you feel that you don't deserve goodness. 
um, or you could have a victim mentality, you could have had uh, someone telling you you don't deserve all these things, so you have all, all this going on. Loads of different shadow things that could uh, be going against you in the kind of art of allowing, as they would say in the new age type of thing. But um, So you could be getting the magic stuff, but you could be getting uh, what happens, and it was an interesting thing to happen to me an awful lot, and still does when I know there's a shadow element at work, is that when I do magic for something or I set a goal, whatever it is, and I get the exact opposite of what I wanted, then there's a kind of a, there's definitely a rebound, a shadow thing going on, in that if you enchant for some more money and then all of a sudden a huge bill, an unexpected bill comes in, then that's a signpost, in my opinion, that um, you've some shadow stuff going on that you probably have to walk around and uh, get that. So refuse, could the 47th refuse? Um, I don't think so. Um, it's, not, it's not how I see it, but it might work for some people, if that answers your question. Is it possible for someone who had great success to reach out with servants on behalf of those who are not having much luck? Well, this all depends on what you think the 40 servants are. And I had a good chat with Spud about all this recently. My current thinking is that mostly, I suppose, in a sense that they are aspects of the magician, or at least they're things that should be cultivated by the magician, whereas they're still external in the fact that they're ideas that they're external, but they're not spirits, they're not saints, they're not demons, they're not entities in the sense of sovereign beings but they are external in the sense that they're ideas and that the mother is an external idea to everyone but yes we know what it is internally you can use it internally or the example i give in the talk with spud is that superman is an external idea but it's an idea in our heads so what superman is it doesn't exist as a real thing in the way that um i don't know queen elizabeth ii exists as a person or a lizard, whatever. Um, so, so it all depends on whether you think that um, your thoughts can affect other people. And of course, there's a history in healing, say, for instance, like in Reiki and all these other things, where you have this idea of distant healing. And Reiki initially started just as a distant healing thing. Even if people came to him, to Yasui himself, he would go into a different room and do it all distant. So he believed it was, uh, you know, the spooky action at, at a distance to badly uh, paraphrase, not paraphrase, to steal and out of context, Einstein. Um, so could they, I, it, it depends what, what you think. Currently, I think, I, I think ideas can affect other people. Certainly, I can write a book, or someone could write a book which could change someone's life. I could write a song that could dramatically affect someone else in a very profound, life-changing way. I could be part of um, a situation that I instigated that uh, would dramatically affect someone else. You know, I could go beat someone up and that's going to dramatically affect them and that's something that I've done. I could, you know, it's, it's well, that's a, more of a physical act, I suppose, but you get my kind of drift. The best with all of these things and the, the, the kind of thing that you should, I encourage you to do is to uh, test it and uh, see if it works. And if it works, do more of it. And if it doesn't work, change it um, and see if you can get it working a different way or then decide that it doesn't work for you find some other way of doing it but um yeah it depends to answer your question it depends on what you think the 40 servants are i definitely think you can affect other people in a positive way um but that mightn't be what you're exactly what you're asking like you could by invoking the healer in yourself you could uh, affect healing in someone else i do, you know i think so yeah, just double check my uh, focus. Nothing worse than recording a video and then when you go to edit and you see the bookshelf behind you is perfectly in focus and your eyes are just blurs. 
Casey McClennan. Casey, I'm terrible at names. My apologies. Clennan, yeah? I'm reading The Magical Universe of William S. Burroughs and wondering what your thoughts may be, if any, on him. I know nothing about, I know, well, I know two things about Burroughs. One, about his cut-up technique that David Bowie talked about and stole, um, where you, you know, you take words from headlines or from newspapers or whatever and then just kind of randomly put them out and see if they make any kind of sense. And I also know it's claimed that he, uh, for some reason, ended up reading um, a pre-published version of the Simonomicon and said this is a book that's going to change the world. But that's uh, very anecdotal evidence by uh, Simon. Um, so uh, that's kind of all I know about him. I, I, know, I know people who are into him and I, I don't dismiss him. It's like Pink Floyd. I, people say, do you like Pink Floyd? I go, I just never got around to listening to them. You know, it's, you can't be into all music, you can't be into everyone. I'm sure he's wonderful, I'm sure he's terrible in places too. I'm sure Pink Floyd have some fantastic songs, not dismissing Pink Floyd. It just, it just wasn't, didn't come into my thing. At some stage I will read Burroughs and I will have opinions on him, I'm sure. I'm also wondering who influenced you within your own constructs of magic the most. Rather it was art, books, or friends, maybe all of the above. Um, definitely books, because up until very recently I hadn't uh, met anyone who was into magic at all other than one um, Wiccan when I was at college in my uh, kind of late 20s, 27, 26, 27. And I did hang around with some druids, but they weren't really doing magic, so they were doing, kind of doing uh, rituals. And they were very kind of, I'd asked them about magic. And they pretended that, uh, uh, you know, oh, it was kind of... You know, you don't need books, you don't need these things, you just feel it. In other words, I, I think in hindsight they just didn't know. You know and they, they were trying to pretend that they knew more than what they did. And that's fine. So it definitely would have been books and um, that kind of thing rather than real people. Alan Moore was probably my first huge kind of influence magic in that I was so impressed with the fact that he announced that he was a magician to the world. Why I was so impressed with that was because I was surrounded at the time with um, just really staunch atheists and militant atheists and you know hard-nosed and aggressive that aggressive Facebook Twitter atheists that you find and I just assumed the world was kind of like that everyone was like that and I, f I thought it was quite cool that uh, Alan Moore stood up in defiance of that but I don't know, like and he didn't really like he just continued to be Alan Moore um, but uh, I like his stance on uh, magic. I think his stance on magic and his kind of thing of art equals magic or creativity equals magic. Um, and I've definitely stolen that. Um, I think that's easier to explain to other people who aren't into magic that that, uh, that kind of approach rather than the kind of overall woo-woo thing. Gordon White, huge influence uh, from back into the, you know, from very quick. I, I watched the Grant Morrison, which is obviously a huge influence. Him, rather than say his work himself. I like Invisibles. Um, but I, I'm not a huge fan of uh, other stuff. I don't really like superheroes. So that kind of, you know, stops you from enjoying an awful lot of Grant Morrison stuff, I suppose. So I watched his Disinfo lecture, not at the time, because it was 1999, so it's definitely after. It's close, nearly 10 years later. I've seen it. And that led me to Gordon White and Sigils, because, you know, Grant Morrison talks about Sigils in the Disinfo lecture. And so if you put Sigils and Chaos Magic into Google, Gordon is the first person that comes up. So spent a lot of time with RuneSoup and all that and really enjoyed all of that kind of thing, especially the practical stuff. Kind of enjoyed the political, political stuff and the conspiracy stuff and the, you know, the uh, 
Archon stuff and all that as well. But that, that kind of, for me, goes into the David Icke type stuff. You know, it, it's, it's an interesting entertainment. I've no idea if it's true. When he starts going on about the, you know, the glass things on the moon, I kind of, I don't know, my eyes glaze over a bit more. But, I, I, you know, I don't discount it out of hand either. Or David Icke. Queen Elizabeth II may very well be a lizard. How could I possibly know? So Alan Chapman then, um, his stuff, the Baptist Head and Advanced Magic for Beginners, particularly Advanced Magic for Beginners with regards to magic because I just love the simplicity of it and the whole thing of, uh, you know, try it. You know, will this work? Try it and see if it works and then do more of it if it does work and do less of it if it doesn't work or, you know, augment it. That kind of approach I really like. It, you know, it's like when you're on Reddit and people, you know, you see loads of questions. Could I use this for this? And go, well, try it. You know, why didn't you just try it? <laughs> you know, but I suppose people are afraid of doing something wrong. So there's that, but... Um, then the Baptist heads, the meditation stuff and all that, I really like as well. But I have to be in a certain frame of mind. If I spend too long in that kind of very serious stuff, I, um, I go a bit nuts. And I would like an awful lot of, say, the Mergia stuff that he's doing currently now without any of the sideline woo. I think it, it could be a good kind of psychological approach, the meditation and the binding and stuff like that. But then when it gets into the kind of eon prophecy and the lamp stuff and all that I, I tend to um, it starts becoming unreal that I, I you know it becomes a bit larping for me for me I, I strictly said like in that it's you know I don't know but it's good who else um Grant Morrison Almore Gordon White Crowley of course like is it there a red lot don't test me on him I don't know enough that it's you know, I could have I could have a, a discussion with someone, but I certainly, uh, you know, couldn't point the things in it. Um, my bookshelf still coming up. Um, Stuart Wilde, Stuart Wilde's my main influence. Like that's from back from day one. He wouldn't consider himself a chaos magician, but I certainly consider him a chaos magician. Young, recently Peter Kingsley, huge into reality transurfing at the minute. So there's all that. I just have to keep looking at the time because of this DSLR. Okay, the last question. I'm sure, sorry, I'm sure I'm missing people out that as soon as I stop recording this, I will um, very much, you know, remember. Last but not least, I know you stated that you made the 47 for yourself originally, which, uh, uh, what initiated this process to start with? Um, I had done a deck for someone else, for a client who asked me to do like a gypsy card deck. So all of the templates and how to get the printed and all known about the game craft and all of that was put into place by that. And so I, um, the kind of infrastructure was, uh, I knew it and I go, well, so I may as well try and do some kind of, you know, thing. Um, and I had a load of artwork together that would kind of fit a kind of a tarot or an oracle deck or something. And uh, so that was kind of the very mundane kind of side of it, the, the, you know, the practical side of it. But also I was coming to the end of uh, what I felt was the end of my artistic career. Things had gone very bad financially. Things were all over the place. I had uh, a couple of months at most left that I could, uh, I felt I would be able to sustain uh, my, my life with it. And then I would have to go off and, you know, the, the thing in my image in my head was go off and sweep the streets, you know, and just have sort of humdrum, crappy life of despair. <laughs> Uh, and so I said, I'll do one last uh, thing that, that I can bring with me, this kind of a magical tool for me, that um, while I have the time and the opportunity, that I will at least have something to show for it by the end of it. So that was the kind of idea. Um, also, 
the approach was that I wanted to use all of the different ideas from all the different people, from all the different cultures. I wanted to culturally appropriate in a kind of a, in a way that allowed me access to all of these ideas and energies or archetypes or beings or all of this kind of thing um, in an aesthetically pleasing way for me and um, that it felt that I would be allowed to, in the sense that I might not be allowed, allowed, Papalagba mightn't come to me in a voodoo sense because, you know, it's not my culture, it's not my thing, it's not my background, it would be kind of forced. But the gatekeeper, certainly, um, I have access to him. And that, that's kind of the, the whole thing. So, Crow Crow, haven't heard you talk about your fur babies, which are pets, uh, recently. Interesting you should ask me today, because um, as I was saying in the Spud and Tommy recent podcast, I'm, we were in the middle of uh, Hurricane Brendan, and my gate blew off, and my dogs ran away last night, and uh, one of them did come back, but the other one, who's blind, deaf, uh, has arthritis, has a huge kind of lipoma on the north side, has gone, and um, I spent the morning looking for her all around the place, and uh, I don't know. That's, that's currently where... Uh, the dog situation is so that's you know that's what it is but we've uh, the red alert out with everyone i'll try and go out again i was around all the fields and all the kind of spots i don't know she can't like she can, she can barely walk she can't see and she can't hear so i mean you, you'd, you'd suspect that she can't get far and there's been no no dogs been run over on any of the roads in my area or anything and you'd know um, one of my turtles died as well recently and um, he kind of exploded one morning which happened to one of my fish before years and years ago to kind of, and it's not really, well it, it looks like an explosion, but the bloat, and then it kind of, it was huge at the end. That was kind of horrible too. The other turtles are fine. Riggs is a lunatic. He's an absolute lunatic. We're trying to get him to go outside. He's just not having it at all, but is going stir crazy, has cabin fever in the house. So, um, he wouldn't, I wanted, the whole idea was when I got in this office, he was going to come out with me and he'd be going in and out of the, you know, go back into the house at night, but he's having none of it whatsoever. No, don't like this place, don't like it at all. Which, to be fair, the two times he kind of ran out of the house on his own, one time, first time we went away for a whole night and came back covered in this black stuff, so God knows what he got into. And the second time, I ran over him because he went under the car. So, you know, why wouldn't you be fearful of the... Excuse me, the outside world. And Braxis, any paradigm shifts recently or lately? Um, so the last kind of one was that whole idea that I was talking about in the videos of seeing myself as nothing more than a collection of other people's ideas and just seeing my recordings and my loops and stuff. And um, that's kind of the last big one that I had, which is kind of fading away. There's a kind of a thing that seems to happen that you get these kind of insights maybe not but the moments of clarity around things and unless you kind of get the lesson of it they seem to just fade away and go away and i don't seem to ever get the lesson properly of them and so it just it'll come back in a loop again now in a while and and uh, maybe next time i'll understand or i'll get whatever kind of um insight i'm meant to get from that or do whatever practical work. Now, I tried my best, it wasn't that I was ignoring it or whatever, and I did follow it as much as I could, and maybe there was some sort of release or some sort of switch or some sort of puzzle piece put in place out of that. But uh, the other one is definitely, I'm definitely coming from the idea of um, shifting around. Well, now this is a constant kind of shift of feeling that um, it's all, you know, psychological, and uh, that there's no kind of you know, in a sense, it's going a wee bit back to idealism 
but um, it's, it's like I don't know. It's, I'm kind of in flux in a minute, so I don't really know where, where, where it's going because it's not. I don't. I can feel probably there'll be a sort of a possible kind of reductionist materialist um, path for me for a while, like a kind of a very mundane kind of things are exactly as they appear to be, rather than what it used, what I kind of normally have is that things are representations of something else. Um, but I don't know, I'd say I'm a bit in flux because there is a bit of idealism going on to spending a lot of time with reality, trans suffering and the whole kind of um, multiple d dimensions kind of thing. Which, I mean, as much as I love re reality, trans suffering, I don't really buy that as... Um, it's that dimension jumping stuff that I don't, I'm not really fully there with. Um, but, you know, I, I, li I like the practical things that come from that idea. So. That kind of kind of answers. So no, I suppose it's the answer. Any power just not really. No. Uh, Uriel Maya, uh, Maya. Can I use the servants to manipulate the Kundalini and open the chakras? You can certainly try. They're not designed for that kind of stuff, but I can't see why not. Um, there were certain servants that would be represent very much representative representative of the different chakras. So say like even from the Manipura chakra, which is the root chakra, the the, the you know the lower chakra, the red chakra, you would certainly you know the road opener would be a good one there because Ganesha is you know associated with the root chakra, and uh, so that way, you know you could certainly walk uh, that way and through that kind of a thing. Um, solar plexus, you, you know you have the sun, uh, the heart chakra. You could go with something like the mother. Um, you know, which is this kind of the, the, the love, the beloved, that type of thing. But you know, you can choose, this is just things that are coming into my head. Um, there's probably ones that will relate better for you. Throat chakra would be protester, speaking your truth. Also could be conductor though, uh, you know, being the master of your own, you know, your own voice and your own music and that kind of thing. Depends on what, what, what you're trying to do, I suppose, and why your, say your throat chakra would be blocked. Or, you know, is it uh, that you feel you're not been allowed to say what you want or you're not being heard or that uh, you feel other people are speaking for you whatever your approach the third eye Ajni uh, would be you could go with the seer you could go with um, I don't know yeah the seer probably is the best and that kind of intuition or any of that kind of any of the kind of um, yeah the seer probably yeah and then the um, Top chakra, Jesus, my brain is so bad sometimes. You could have, um, sorry, you could also go to go with the, uh, the contemplator for the Ajni, the third eye, that might be a good one as well. Um, and then you would have the master for um, the top chakra, the number one chakra, <laughs> the main chakra. Uh, man, I used to know all the names and all the attributes and all of those things at one stage that was part of my brain. And uh, not so much. So yeah, you could do it that way and you could certainly, um, you could work with the healer in a kind of a, a to try to repair the different aspects that are associated with the chakras. The Kundalini itself, the rising, um, suggests that you shouldn't try to do it, that it's a natural occurrence that happens from doing the work and trying to force it is where problems arise. And uh, it's like that unearned wisdom stuff that Jung talks about. Um, I think he was pointing more at drugs and that, but uh, it's the same with the Kundalini, like trying to rise it. You probably could before you're ready and, you know, doesn't seem to work out for an awful lot of people when they do that, so just try it and see, see what happens. But uh, that would be my suggestion, pick a servant that represents each of the chakras and work with them. 
Greg Latchkey, how would you describe your cosmology worldview? I would describe it as very confused. Uh, I would describe it as um, frustrating, exasperating. Um, it's my big question. It's the, the the big wonder. It's the well, the big one is the why. That's why it, uh, that's the thing. But that's tied to the cosmology worldview. It's like why is this happening? And there's no. I have no satisfactory answer. And anyone I've looked at, anyone I've talked to, um, Alan Chapman had a great kind of answer f for me uh, to fit his cosmology and stuff like that. And it was about um, one being that it's procreation of a god, which that makes sense, but. Why, you know, you know, uh, the honourable self, uh, we we had a false conclusion. We seen God had a false conclusion about it, which really, you know, brings us to um, this plane that we're in. This would all make more sense within the Alan Chapman kind of cosmology and all that. So it's, if it doesn't make much sense or it sounds a bit weird, it makes it way more sense within his kind of uh, spiritual view and stuff like that. And that whole thing of we're here to learn, don't buy it, why would we, you know, it's like why would a God need to learn something, Alan Watts is playing hide and seek again, why would God be bored enough to have to do that, why does he not already know himself, you know, what is the, you know, the, you know, the Kabbalah thing of that, unless there was two, there's nothing to compare itself, so it's God knowing itself, like they're all kind of fine, fine, you know, I find them unsatisfactory, I do, it still comes down to, the tremendous amount of pain and suffering and hardship and hell that people uh, through history tr to know that animals that uh, all of these things like there's absolutely unbelievable in the property like in the whole truest sense of that word uh, pain and suffering that life entails I can't see why anything is worth that and I know that's from a very kind of um, limited perspective to say that, but that that's that's my big kind of block is about it. That surely anything could be, uh, it's surely whatever it is that's been trying to be achieved could be achieved without this disgusting amount of uh, pain and suffering. And the only kind of opposite of that is that then maybe it's we are in hell or it's a trap, and you know that whole Gnosticism thing and all that. But um, some people have a great life. Some people do really well and really happy. So it, we can't be, you know, it can't be both. We can't be in hell if people are enjo uh, enjoying it uh, for the large. But I think ignorance in the sense of not uh, the way sometimes we use it as being impolite. Ignorance in the sense of lack of knowledge about the world. It's like it's easy to not be concerned yourself with the suffering of the world if you're unaware of it. Or you don't, you know, you look at it. I've talked to some people. And I'd say, you know, some, and I'm like this myself, you know, I don't want to know anything about the news, I don't want to know anything about um, the tragedy and suffering, because I can't deal with it, because all I do is worry and be distraught about it, and I can't help any of it. So all I'm doing is adding to more of the sum total of sorrow to the earth, by be interacting with it. That's a deliberate point of view, a deliberate kind of practical approach, a strategy. Where some people, like say, even with like the suffering of say animals or something, with regard to, we we're just discussing different things. I don't really have a, an approach to it, but you know, oh, I just, I just don't want to think about it. I just don't want to think about it, and I understand that because it's horrifying to think about it. Um, it's horrifying to think about the world, uh, and you have to, in some way, have some sort of put some distance, distance and dissonance um, between you and the reality of it. And I think an awful lot of our kind of approaches to that is not facing up to the reality of... Because you're not even allowed to say it. 
you're not even allowed to really say how terrible life is because your people will instantly correct you by saying, "Oh, you have a you know you, the whole privilege thing, or you you know you could have it much worse. What who have you to complain about? You know all of these things. Kind of it's like a, an inbuilt kind of thing within us that we're not allowed to point at the um, terribleness of existence. So my worldview is unknown. I don't know. I don't have the answer, um, and I don't want to agree with the Gnostics because um, certain Gnostics because that doesn't fulfill it either it, 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 it's there seems to be something else going on I don't know and I probably will never know and that's the way it is Evan X methods of gnosis um, screaming was probably the greatest uh, moment of magic I ever did in that um, I was in a very bad, horrible place even years, years ago and I got extremely pissed off with the universe to the point that I just screamed at it um, and at that point released my attention into the thing and it happened really, really quick. Now, to uh, reenact that or to, to uh, you know, I don't want to do that every day to launch a sigil or to launch a, an intention or something like that but if you can get yourself to some sort of extreme emotion like that absolute frustration and anger and uh, exasperation then uh, yeah I think that it's it's probably the best um, wank method doesn't ever really do anything for me and um, it works no more than just drawing a sigil you know so it's like uh, draw a sigil six out of ten times it'll happen more if I don't care about it less if I um, more, it'll have more um, if I don't care about it, and less if I really do care about it. If I really want the target to come out, uh, there's less chance. So whether I dose uh, this through uh, masturbation or just do the sigil, it, it works out about six out of ten most of the time. Anyway, with that kind of multiplier thing of how much I want it. Uh, meditation too, but I don't. No, I'm not huge in gnosis. I don't. I'm not sold on the concept although I do think there's something to it but um, just that that Pete Carroll uh, kind of element of it I'm, I'm not really no just means knowledge anyway and so it's uh, I don't probably something um, that will be individual to the person anyway but an extreme emotion some way of inserting your program into the matrix you know your kind of little hack any of those type of things I think even like I'm if, if that's the goal, then I do other things. Like I used to put sigils where people would find them um, or put money on top of them, like offerings, or do leave, leave stuff that people would, ha would come across. That, and I, I, that was kind of my way of inserting the magic into the world or, you know, hacking the matrix or whatever way we want to put it. Like, so making it that other people have to find it, um, I find pleasing I suppose is the best way to, to put it so uh, yeah so that's it that's the questions and answers um, I enjoyed them uh, as usual the caveat of what the fuck do I know about anything but uh, I hope in some way that the answers uh, entertained you if nothing else and um, got you thinking about your own so uh, please do tell me your answers to each of those questions and how you feel about any of them and what your kind of ideas around them are very open to any kind of uh, thoughts and that, particularly around the cosmology and the worldview and why are we here and what is the point and 
whatever is, is your answer to that, ask why five times, <laughs> like a child, like an annoying child, and see where it ends up. And if, if you can, I, I've never got the five whys satisfactorily with any kind of theory in that. So, so good people of the internet, until um, our next adventure, be well. Thank <music> you.